0: Loving oneself, sort of an odd topic to talk about, because, you know, as, you know, living organisms, of course we wish ourselves well, right? Why wouldn't we? But then this concept of loving oneself and how to do that uh, seems to imply that there's Two of us somehow, the self that's trying to be loving and the self that's trying to be worthy of that sort of judgmental kind of love. <laughs> you know. So which is it? Which, you know, are we both? Are we one or the other? Are we neither? But that's the game that we mostly uh, play with ourselves. Um, it's, it's a matter of self reflection where we sort of um, mentally step out from ourselves and turn around and look back at ourselves and um, basically ask how, how am I doing? Am I doing it right? Am I getting there? Am I improving? <laughs> you know, am I succeeding? My f- getting further along the path? You know, so this um, sort of self-reflection is something that we humans have learned how to do probably not all that far back in our evolution. So we're still not that good at it. <laughs> I mean, we do it all the time, but we don't realize that we're doing it. And we don't... Uh, distinguish between doing it usefully and doing it sort of unconsciously and repetitively. How am I doing now? (laughs) Am I operating from awakeness now or am I operating from ego now? You know, sort of this self-evaluation. So it has everything to do with, uh, I think, the sense of worthiness. Am I worthy of my love, am I am I worthy of that? And then we start thinking, well, what do I have to do to to be worthy of it? And we develop strategies how to do that. Maybe we are successful. Maybe we um, put together a nice, coherent uh, philosophy or um, intellectual structure that we feel makes sense out of things. You know, maybe we uh, decide to be in relationship, have a family, and that becomes our circumstance that we find worthy of loving ourselves. You know, I'm doing this well. <laughs> I, I feel good about it. Right? You know, some some people find. Um, their sense of self-worth in um, bodily sensations, you know, whatever that looks like. Usually in the sense of more, better, more often. Some people find a sense of sort of self-worth when they can have a nice, steady, emotional state, safe, Predictable. Feel like, okay, things are working. Some people seem to find great pleasure in emotional turmoil and drama. It feels like, well, I'm really alive because I'm constantly in a state of drama. You know? Different strategies, mostly unconscious. Um, you know, to try to feel good enough about my own state of being, my own organism, that I feel like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm worthy of loving myself. I feel good about it. But we can see that it all has to do with how we define that. It's not something that the outside world is determining, unless, of course, we're willing to sort of outsource our self-judgment to other people. They'll tell us. How am I doing? How lovable am I? You know, or we might even outsource it to—I don't know—some divine being, let's say God, and um, they'll they'll judge me. They'll they'll tell me how well I'm doing, whether I'm worthy or not, whether I'm worthy of love, right? And what's the, what's the basis for that? I mean, do is it, uh, um, you know, one particular grandiose, wonderful moment where I s- surrender and feel totally in touch with life and grateful to be alive, is that sufficient? One, a one-time feeling, or is it necessary to, I don't know, do it, you know, once a year, or maybe every night when we go to bed, are we judged on how we did that day? Or is it more sort of like a, you know, lifetime batting average? How did we do overall compared to what? Right. So you can see this, this whole movement of um, sort of from some external viewpoint, whether it's our own self-reflection or the view that we get of ourselves through other people's eyes or what we imagine you know some divine uh, judgmental being has of us you know and then the question is you know how good is good enough you know how 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 good do i have to be to be worthy of loving myself All right. So we can see that it's it's a matter of, you know, what we what we decide the circumstances need to be, and then how well we're doing at that, and then how life is allowing those circumstances to be possible in our own lifetime. You know, so it's all uh, very complicated in a way, and it's never solid, it's never resolved. It's not like, well, I did this one beautifully surrendered deed in my life and I'm good, you know. I'm good for the duration. You know, because the the mind can come back in and and question that and say, well, what about now? You know, is that enough? You know, how, how much is enough? So we can begin to see all of the ways that the mind can come up with to try to um, question our right to be alive, right? Our our right to exist, our right to be here and feel good about it. Does that resonate with anybody? (laughs) To have those kinds of feelings about, you know, questioning one's value you know where where does that yardstick come from I mean who decides how high to set the bar you know but there's the sense of well if I don't hold myself to some standard then you know who knows what I might do right there's a sense of that you know I can in another way of saying that is I don't quite trust myself to um, act with integrity unless I have some yardstick that I'm trying to measure up to, m- which most of the time I won't be able to meet. Right? And if we if we if we feel like we're, you know, we set the bar too low, then we feel like, well that's that doesn't really prove anything. And then so we set it a little higher and then it feels unattainable and then I don't feel good about myself. You know, so we can see all the ways that we can um, create the standards by which we then judge ourselves. So we get to play the judge, the prosecutor, and the defendant. We get to play all the roles. They're all self self created. Right? And when we when we see how that operates, most of the time, um, there doesn't appear to be a way out of it. You know, if there's this underlying sense where we question our self-worth, um, there's never a sense of, "Well, I, I've I've done enough, and now now I can um, nudge the dial over to the worthy side of the spectrum." You know, there's never that sense. It's always like, "Yeah, but I could have done better." You know. What about that thing I did 10 years ago? What about that? So we can see sort of the trap there. As long as we're trying to resolve this on the level of ego, level of thinking mind, level of psychology, um, there's no end to it. You know, and it's... I, I, I appreciate when people are trying to love themselves, you know, to feel better about themselves. Great, wonderful, no, no problem. It's certainly better than people, you know, you know, abusing themselves, mental abuse of themselves. Of course, you know, just this willingness to try harder to love. This package is admirable. But what we're talking about here tonight is not um, trying to do our best to feel good about this sort of, you know, existence that we can pick holes in. But the, the, the real um, natural state, as the Taoists call it, is when there's a sense of effortlessness, a sense of as isness. It's um, it doesn't require a certain performance to qualify um, to feel that sense of being embraced by life, right? Being loved. You know whether we do it ourselves or whether there's a sense of life is. Supporting us. Okay? So if our goal is this natural state, the effortless state, then we need a different strategy. Right? And the strategy that we can consider is by looking at the awareness itself and instead of looking at our mm, limitations and foibles and past mistakes and everything, instead of looking at that from a judgmental mental position, looking at it from the perspective of awareness. The perspective of awareness here is this, you know, limited, thoroughly conditioned, um, doing the best it can, Body mind, right? From the perspective of awareness, uh, there's a certain compassion for that. Because it's not coming from a judgmental place. It's what is aware of whatever judgmental thoughts happen to be going through our head. Yes? It understands the forcefulness, <laughs> the power behind um, conditioned behavior, and how difficult it is for the body mind, um, especially as we get older, to change that kind of behavior and mental patterning and repetitive thought processes. So it from the perspective of awareness, it is okay. It it's not judging at all. It's aware of whatever judgments might be happening in our own head, whatever mental self-reflective judgments, the sticky ones. You can see that, but from the perspective of awareness, it is just as it is. It's not demanding anything. It's not withholding love, it's not waiting to give love. It is love. It is loving. You know, not the, not the human possessive kind of loving, but just the, by loving in this sense, I just mean the unwillingness to turn away from anything. Right? The willingness to be present for everything. Non-judgmentally, you know I mean, imagine having a lover like that that was unwilling to turn away would be there regardless that degree of steadfastness who who would want that? But this is, Awareness, as it moves in the world, it's the love and awareness aren't two different things. They're um, two ways of sort of trying to understand as best we can the nature of this consciousness that is innate to all of us. You know, when we step back into our own beingness, it feels more like spaciousness, open aware when it moves in the world moves outward that movement outward as it comes from that sense of of beingness feels loving right? feels open hearted feels gen- generous feels caring has compassion. Compassion, not something that we're trying to do. Awareness isn't trying to do anything. It's sort of like, um, you know, the sun up in the sky. The sun, you know, isn't intending to warm our face when the sun's out. But that's the nature of it, right? And it's the same with awareness. its nature is to, when it moves outward in the world, its nature is to be compassionate. Its nature is to be non-judgmental. It doesn't have an agenda in that sense. It's not trying to change anything. But just that light of awareness has a quality, a totally mysterious quality, that um, does change things. It's, you know we could say it's the nature of its of it, of that immensity of love non-judgmental love from the perspective of that viewing our conditioning of course there's compassion you know so this is um, this is actually the resolution of the question of, well, you know, how, how do we love ourselves? You know, like I say, it's fine to try to do that from the, you know, psychological, personal self, trying to work things out so you're you're okay with things. That's fine. But what I'm talking about is something um, far more sustainable with far less effort and, and far less prone to error. And that is to recognize that what's really... Living this life is this spaciousness, is this immensity of awareness. and within that there is this sense of loving presence. It's what in spiritual scriptures, it's what's called God's love, except God isn't a distant judgmental entity. It is what we are. Right. And it can be felt. It can be felt as um, this awareness, this consciousness, this aliveness, this spacious emptiness that is has the capacity of being willing to include everything. Without trying. <laughs> That's why it's effortless as it is it's not that we have to achieve that state it's recognizing what's already happening that awareness is already happening we we just aren't willing to give it credit we think no it's me <laughs> i'm doing it just another thought in the meantime awareness is fully present for that thought, as it is for all other thoughts. If it wasn't present, you wouldn't know you were having that thought. So it's just the nature of this innate consciousness that we all are already, as is, that has the capacity to love indiscriminately, love unconditionally, this form